The following program is brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Catholic Spirituality on member-supported Restoration Radio. I am your host, Camille O'Brien, joined by Father Nicolas Desposito and Father Herman Fleece. And now we present Catholic Spirituality. Welcome to Catholic Spirituality on the Restoration Radio Network. I'm your host, Father Herman Fleece, and on this episode I'm joined again by Father Nicolas Desposito, Professor at Most Holy Trinity Seminary. Thank you, Father, for being here today. Great to be back. In this episode, we are going to finish the part of our book called Against the World and the Flesh, in particular, the last chapter, The Horror of Suffering. Father, why is suffering necessary? Well, we can... Uh summarized the whole chapter by quoting Saint Teresa of Avila um, is an absolutely indispensable condition for reaching perfection. So if we think that uh, we can become saints without suffering, we are deceived. We deceive ourselves. Saint John of the Cross gives to the love of suffering an exceptional importance in the process of one's sanctification. Above all, it is necessary to have a clear idea about the necessity of suffering, both to make amends for sin and for the sanctification of the soul. So first of all, the reparation for, reparation for sin. Um, as we know, when we commit a sin, there is an injustice committed against God. So the balance of divine, divine justice, which has been disturbed, by original sin and was re-established by the blood of Christ, whose merits are applied in, in baptism, was again disturbed by actual sins. Actual or personal sin places the weight of pleasure on the scale of justice, for every sin carries with it some pleasure or satisfaction, and this is what the sinner seeks when he commits sin. It is therefore necessary for, from the very nature of things, that the equilibrium of divine justice be re-established by the weight of sorrow which is placed on the other scale. So that's very important uh, consideration and uh, we have to understand that when there is sin, there is something that uh, has to be restored, repaired. The balance has to be restored in, in, uh, with regard to the divine justice. And that's why, again, suffering, which is opposite to pleasure, has to be present in order for us to 
again get the balance, the equilibrium of divine justice. The author that we are following, Antonio Rojo Marin, says the principal reparation was effected by Christ's sorrowful passion and death, whose infinite value is applied to us by the sacraments. But the Christian, as a member of Christ, cannot separate himself from the divine head. So remember that Christ is the head of the church, the mystical body. So even though our Lord is not going to suffer again, nevertheless, in his members, as head of the mystical body, he has to suffer, continue suffering. That's the doctrine of St. Paul. Something is lacking to the passion of Christ, as St. Paul dared to say, which must be contributed by the members of Christ cooperating in their own redemption. Sacramental absolution does not free us from all the guilt of punishment which is due to our sins, except in the case of an, a most intense sorrow, which is rarely given. And therefore, it is necessary to pay back, either in this life or in the next, and to the last farthing. So again, it's very important to understand, yes, it is possible, if we have a great intensity and fervor of charity when we go to confession, that all of the, the temporal punishment is going to be remitted. But that's so rare that the mortification and suffering and uh, that those that those things are necessary for us in order to expiate that uh, temporal uh, punishment or to expiate sin and to get rid of the temporal punishment due to sin. Remember, you go to confession, you get the absolution. Yes, your sins are forgiven, but there is still a temporal uh, punishment due to the sins that is not necessarily all of that all of that is going to go away and um, that's the first aspect the, the second which is as important is the sanctification of our souls sanctification consists in the ever more intense incorporation with christ it is truly a christification for which every christian ought to strive under pain of not reaching sanctity. Remember, sanctity, perfection of the spiritual life, is of command. It's a commandment that God has given us to be perfect. So, again, uh, suffering becomes necessary in order to reach that spiritual perfection. When all is said and done, the saint is a faithful reproduction of Christ. He is another Christ. And of course, Christ did suffer, so we also have to suffer if we want to become another Christ. And there is a quote, very, very nice, of a letter to Father John de Santa Ana, quoted by Roger Marin here in the book. It's in, on page 272. If at any time, my brother, anyone should pers persuade you, be he a prelate or not, of a doctrine that is wiser and more pleasant, do not believe him, and do not accept the doctrine, even if he were to confirm it with miracles, but rather penance and more penance and detachment from all things. And never, if you wish to possess Christ, seek him without the cross. 
So very interesting uh, because he says even if he confirms it uh, with miracles, um, don't follow that. Don't don't believe someone who says you can be a saint uh, without the cross, without suffering. And Father, why is suffering uh, so excellent? Well, there are many reasons, all of them listed in the book. As we said already, expiation of sin, sins, the guilt of punishment, which remains as a sad remembrance of the soul's sin. Once the sin has been pardoned, has to be re repaid, repaid sorry, at the cost of suffering in this life or in the next. So, of course, yes, there is purgatory, but remember, we do not, uh, or we are not supposed to end up in purgatory. That is like an exception. The rule should be that we die not only in the state of grace, but also having repaid all of the temporal punishment. It is an extraordinary grace of God to enable us to repay our debt in this life, where we shall suffer much less than in purgatory, and shall at the same time greatly increase our supernatural merit and our degree of glory in heaven. The second reason why the why suffering is excellent is the subjection of the flesh. And I chastise my body and bring it into subjection, says St. Paul. So the, our flesh is like an enemy now because of sin. It is in constant rebellion against the things of the Spirit. And um, mortification and suffering is the, an excellent way or manner to make the, our bodies be subject to the soul. So it's very important. Rosa Marin says that Saint Teresa warned her nuns of this because she was convinced of the great importance it had in the spiritual life. Again, of um, not to give too much liberty to the body and to mortify ourselves with regard to the things of the flesh. When one subjects the body to a schedule of suffering and se severe, severe restrictions, he succeeds in reducing its demands to the minimum. So that's the reason why you have the monastic life and religious life, uh, especially the rules and different, different ascetical practices, such as fasting, uh, abstinence, and other mortifications that uh, even for uh, religious orders uh, of women, um, the, um, they had very severe mortifications. Like, I believe the, the sisters, the second order of St. Francis, which is the um, sisters of St. Clare, they have something called the perpetual fasting, which is... It's very strict, and of course, it's fasting every day except on holidays and Sundays. But it's every day, and the, the fasting, in the traditional uh, way, was just to eat once a day and no meat included in that one meal. So very strict. And remember, that's the second order there is for women to arrive at a happy state. It is well worth the suffering to impose privation and voluntary penances upon oneself and. Sometimes those penances don't have to be as great as the one I just mentioned. It can be, I remember always the example of that, uh, that bishop that was 
the restaurant with a priest and um, the, they brought the, up the, the coffee and after the meal and uh, the bishop tasted the coffee and he realized that instead of sugar in the sugar uh, um, vessel or whatever they call it, the, they, he put uh, or the restaurant had placed uh, salt instead of sugar. And he, when he uh, tried the, the coffee, he noticed that. So he drank the whole thing. He didn't say a word, but at the same time, he commanded, he says, out of obedience, he told the priest, oh, um, deny yourself and don't drink your coffee. So the, and, and the, um, the young priest obeyed and mortified his own will, not drinking the coffee, which was bad because of the salt. And the bishop didn't say uh, anything about the salt, and he drank the whole thing, mortifying himself. So it can be in small things like that that we uh, deny to our bodies things which are good or necessary or useful. Um, about the necessary things, of course, you have to have the, the prudence necessary. Um, food is necessary, but you it's also necessary to mortify ourselves. So always to do something at the, at the, at the table is good. The, another reason why this is excellent is the detachment from things, um, especially, of course, the things of this uh, earth, this world, in order to be more attentive to the things of the spiritual order. So if, uh, again, if we mortify our bodies, especially fasting and abstinence, the soul is more ready to pray and um, to be recollected. Another uh, reason is the purification of the soul. And uh, uh, Rosomarin says, as gold is cleansed and purified in the furnace, so the soul is made more beautiful and glorious by the harsh lime of suffering. Every sin, however insignificant it may appear, is a disorder, and by that very fact, is a deformity and ugliness of the soul, since the beauty of the soul consists in the splendor of order. Consequently, whatever by its nature tends to destroy sin or to erase its marks in the soul, must, by that very fact, beautify the soul. For this reason does suffering purify and beautify our soul. Another reason why suffering is excellent is the attainment of God. So, um, and the, the author here says, God never ignores the tears and sighs of a heart that is afflicted with sorrow and suffering. So it's almost like um, you want to attract the grace of God, let's say, speaking humanly. Um, the suffering is a, is a good way. So if you want to, uh, your prayer to be heard more effectively, etc., suffering is a good manner to do that. Um, the Another reason why this is so excellent is because by suffering we become true apostles. And again, quoting Roger Marin, one of the most tremendous marvels of the economy of divine grace is the intimate solidarity between all men through the mystical body of Christ. God accepts the suffering offered to him by a soul in grace for the salvation of another soul or for sinners in general. 
bathing this suffering in the redeeming blood of Christ, the divine head of that member who suffers, he places it in the scale of divine justice which has been disrupted by the sin of the unfortunate soul. And if the soul does not remain obstinate in its blindness, the grace of repentance and pardon will restore the equilibrium and give peace to the soul. So, um, again, we can... You don't have to be like a priest or religious. Anyone can offer some little suffering for the sake of others. So, and that makes you a, a true apostle. It is impossible to measure the redemptive power of suffering offered to divine justice with a living faith and an ardent love through the wounds of Christ. When everything else fails, there is still recourse to suffering, to obtain the salvation of a sinful soul. Many examples in the history of the church, too. Um, just remember the famous case of um, uh, Ratisbon, who was a Jew, 19th century. And um, even though, yes, the, the instrument of his conversion was one of the, uh, a friend of him that, that uh, took him to um, churches in Rome and visited and, and made him to pray the Memorare, and gave him a miraculous medal, all of those things excellent, of course, an instrument for his conversion. Nevertheless, when there was a person um, that um, when, he, when he knew of the, of the presence of this, uh, again, was a very wealthy uh, Jew who was visiting Rome, 19th century, um, when he knew about the, the visiting of this person who was not a Catholic, and he, this person was sick, he offered his life uh, for the salvation of, of the Jew. And uh, he died the, that very night in which he offered his own life. Um, and so, again, we can always, I'm not saying to offer not necessarily such a thing like that, but anything we can offer. And if you have a sickness, yes, which is deadly, that will be very, very uh, efficacious, I will say. Uh, for the conversion of some soul that is in need of, of special grace. So remember that, uh, if you don't know the story, this Jew converted by a miracle, Our Lady appeared to him, and he, and, uh, he received all kinds of infused knowledge and was very extraordinary. He was um, baptized that very week uh, because he received infused knowledge of the catechism. Um, so, the, again, we can all do something like that becoming true apostles by offering our sufferings, either those sufferings that come from God or sufferings that we impose on ourselves. And here, Far, um, I would like to <clears throat> uh, tell the listeners that um, I know that uh, just like any, uh, anyone else, they also have their own sufferings because everybody does. But uh, I think the point here is to uh, you might say, use this suffering in a wise Christian sense. That is, we cannot avoid to suffer. <clears throat> the question will be, how do we use it? Do we complain and are impatient and add venial sins to the suffering? Or, as far as says, we offer it for the spiritual good of our neighbor or for expiation and so forth. So really, uh, we should be attempt to use uh, suffering well. Yes, and that's very important. Yes, the, I think it was uh, uh, Fulton Sheen, 
Bishop Shin that uh, once he said that hospitals are like a waste of suffering because people in hospitals usually don't remember to offer up those uh, the suffering and that will be very meritorious if they did that. Um, also, the, the Curie of Ars here in the book, um, there's an example once he said to a, a priest who lamented the coldness of his parishioners and the sterility of his zeal. Have, and this is what the Curie of Ars told the priest. Have you preach, preached? Have you prayed? Have you fasted? Have you taken the discipline? Have you slept on boards? Until you have done these things, you have no right to complain. So, again, important that many times we, um, well, the crisis in the, of the, in the church today, uh, especially, I will say, we have a, a, another uh, title for offering a little bit more because of the necessity um, of, uh, we haven't had a pope for many, many, many years. And again, if we can do something um, to add something or to help with our own sufferings, uh, offering that to God <clears throat> in order that the order be restored in the church. Again, that's another reason why suffering is very efficacious. Um, Father, um, now he passes to the last uh, reason, which is also quite important. He speaks of the assimilation to Jesus and Mary. Can you speak about this? Yes. Um, <clears throat> of course, if we want the perfect examples, models of virtue and of suffering, we have our Lord, we have Our Lady. This is, the author says, the supreme, supreme excellence of Christian suffering. Souls illumined uh, by God to understand the mystery of our incorporation in Christ have always felt a veritable passion for suffering. St. Paul considers it a very special grace to be able to suffer for Christ in order to be configured with him in his sufferings and in his death. He declares that uh, he lives crucified with Christ and that he does not wish to glory except in the cross of Christ in which he lives crucified to the world. And considering that the majority of men do not understand this sublime mystery of suffering, but flee from it as from a pestilence, he cannot help but weep with compassion for such blindness. So, um, and just to finish up this paragraph of Rojo Marin, and at the side of Jesus, the Redeemer, stands Mary, the co-redemptrix, of the human race, souls enamored of Mary feel a particular inclination to accompany her and to imitate her in her ineffable sorrow. Before the queen of martyrs, they feel ashamed that they have ever thought of their own comfort and pleasure. They know that if they wish to be like Mary, they must embrace the cross and do so with a true passion. And here, um, um, again, the examples of, in the, of the saints, when they asked uh, in prayer God either to die or to suffer, I believe that was in John of the Cross, um, 
and uh, that, that was they understood the not only the necessity and the, the fittingness and all of the, the reasons that we already named uh, for the the excellence of suffering but especially this last point how suffering makes us more like our Lord and our lady who are again the perfect examples that we have in a, for the spiritual life far moving to the next uh, head or point uh, he speaks about the imaging of Christ what does he mean by this imaging of Christ well uh, the it's about the configuration I would say uh, using the, the word uh, that uh, we are supposed to undergo uh, with Christ to become another Christ uh, sanctity does not consist in anything else but configuration with Christ and remember the Saint Francis of Assisi he the people um, when they saw him again another saint that uh, was I will say known because of his mortification they saw Christ in him and it was so similar even in his body I mean even uh, physically um, the uh, and he received the grace of the stigmata uh, so all of this is related to, to, to what we are talking about here that, that we have to become like Christ and even to that point uh, if possible there is not uh, nor can there be any way to, sanctif to sanctity which ignores or gives little importance to the crucifixion of self. With good reason does St. John of the Cross counsel that one should reject any doctrine that is broad and easy, if, even if it be substantiated by miracles. It is simply a question of repeating what St. Paul says to the Galatians, if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel to you other than that which you have received, let him be anathema. And uh, that all of uh, what we are talking about here is in particularly important uh, today, in which you have an anti-pope anti who preaches exactly the opposite, that no matter what you do, you think, your religion, you, uh, what you believe, what you, your moral code is, um, God will show this mercy and will accept you. The truth is, that's a gospel that has not been preached by Christ, and that's a gospel not preached by St. Paul. St. Paul preaches a gospel of the cross. Uh, our Lord preaches a gospel of conversion. Uh, the church always taught that we need to change we need to be converted uh, in order to be accepted by by God and in order to go to heaven as we already said not only we have to be free from sin but also from the temporal punishment uh, due to to the uh, injustice and the unbalance that uh, came because of sin so again the there is a new gospel being taught universally by this anti-pope and uh, and we shouldn't listen to that and to the nice uh, words and uh, the, the soft uh, doctrine uh, that basically says you are not bound to do anything. And of course, suffering will be so rigid, so negative. Uh, they ne never speak about the cross. Even you, you, you can notice that the, um, 
uh, Bergoglio tried to even hide uh, his crucifix, and even that ugly cru crucifix he has, has, I, I believe, the recent Christ. I mean, he, they always tried to speak about the resurrection and all the positive things, but never about suffering. And when he was asked about the reason for suffering in, in this world, why suffering exists, and why evil exists, etc., uh, Bergoglio couldn't answer that. He didn't understand. So uh, that's, he doesn't understand why God permits evil, why God permits suffering. So he doesn't understand the doctrine of the cross and the necessity of suffering for us because of sin, because of the, the guilt um, and the, uh, the injustice uh, produced by sin. So Roger Marin continues, this is one of the principal reasons why there are so few saints so few saints. Many souls who strive for sanctity do not wish to enter upon the way of suffering. They would like to be saints, but with a sanctity that is uh, comfortable and easy and would exempt them from the total renunciation of self to the point of crucifixion of self. And when God tests them with some painful affliction, of spirit or persecutions and calumny or any other cross which, if well carried, would lead them to the heights of sanctity, they draw back in cowardice and abandon the way of perfection. There is no other reason which explains the ruin of so many souls who seem to wish to become saints. Perhaps they have been even reached the point where they asked God to send them some cross, but it is later proved very clearly that what they wanted was a cross of their own choosing. And when they did not find it, they considered that they had been deceived and gave up the road of perfection. So again, important that um, divine providence... Uh, God works in mysterious ways. Sometimes he will send a heavy cross. And remember, he gives the grace to carry that cross at the same time. So suffering is a good thing. It's a grace. And if God sends something like that, uh, we have to be attentive to, to that grace and uh, generous in carrying the cross. And with regard to our own Mortifications also to be generous and try to use a little bit of imagination and trying to find new ways to mortify our bodies, our souls too. Um, again, the just to finish again, another paragraph, which is very, very nice in Roger Marin's book. It is therefore necessary to decide once and for all to embrace suffering as God wishes to send it to us. Sickness, persecution, calumny, humiliation, disappointment, etc. Whatever he wishes and in the manner which he wishes. And th this is again um, speaking about the problem in the church. I was talking to someone who um, told me that some people in the, the traditional movement, they get discouraged uh, and uh, because their faith is so weak, they sometimes even become uh, like Greek Orthodox or something like that because they 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 say, oh, how can be the church without a Pope or, or probably the Greek Orthodox were right all the, uh, this time. And the reason why they end up so bad, even in, in, in a 
schism uh, and heresy, uh, I think, is because, again, this, the, the, the situation in the church today is a difficult thing, and we need like an extra intensity of charity and, and a very deep uh, faith uh, in order to persevere uh, as Catholics. And not everyone is willing to go that way, and they get discouraged, and some of them even li leave the faith, and um, they leave the whole true Catholic religion. They become heretics, schismatics, because f they cannot understand what's going on, and the crisis is so... Uh, great in the church. So uh, the, whatever is happening today, however big and um, negative and uh, again, what's going on in the church, it shouldn't be a, a, an occasion for us to, for discouragement, all of the, the opposite. I mean, the, if God has permitted such a great evil, it is because of a wonderful good which is going to come up with, from this evil. So let's have a little patience Let's uh, renew our uh, faith, our charity, our hope, and um, so without getting discouraged. Yes, I think that's a, a, an excellent point, Father, and one which is very, very topical because, um, yes, the point of the divine providence that if we <clears throat> were born in these days of uh, crisis and, and so forth, it's obviously for a reason and. Uh, we might not know exactly uh, the why's, but obviously God knows. So we have to have the spirit of faith there and uh, um, have confidence in, in his providence also. Uh, Father, the author speaks uh, about uh, certain degrees of love and suffering. He gives a sort of ascending list uh, of uh, the different steps by which we grow in the love of suffering. Uh, could we go through those? Yes, let's try to go through all of the uh, different grades or degrees um, as quickly as possible so that uh, this show is not too long. Never to omit any of our duties because of the suffering they cause us. So this is the first and initial grade and um, it is absolutely necessary for all for the preservation of the state of grace. So never to omit any of our duties because of the suffering that uh, these duties may cause us. Um, one who neglects a serious obligation without any more reason than the inconvenience or slight difficulty involved commits a mortal sin and thereby loses grace. But even in the matter of light obligation, the omission of which would not destroy our union with God through sanctifying grace, it is necessary to perform our duties in spite of our natural repugnance for them. And this is important. The, uh, many times we have uh, a kind of laziness which is not very um, uh, easy to see in ourselves. That, that even though we are very active, we do many things, that, but we choose to do the things that we like first. And the things that we don't like, either we procrastinate or we don't do them, or we do them uh, quickly and without paying attention uh, with regard to our duties, for example. So something uh, to understand that um, we should have the, like the opposite uh, uh, attitude. That is, first, try to do the things that we like the, the most and try to do those things as perfectly as possible. And, and only after to do the things that we ac actually enjoy doing and and um, that, that will really show this um, 
this first degree of um, of suffering so the degree of love and suffering the second degree is resignation to the crosses which god permits or sends to us and very very important because again if we lack the spirit of prayer and recollection most probably we are going to uh, ignore the fact that some difficulty or cross uh, has been given uh, by God to us for our own sanctification. And we, we will complain, we will uh, uh, even sometimes, I mean, people stop uh, praying and some people, um, uh, they get almost like mad or, or with God because of some difficulty in life. When again, the, the, the reason why God sent that cross in the first place was for, uh, in order to, to test our, our generosity and in order for us to become holier. So again, we have to have this resignation at least to the crosses which God uh, permits or sends to us. For how, how would you answer a common objection or uh, that people would sometimes um, say, at least implicitly, uh, well, Father, I, I am ready to take, like, uh, let's say, sickness and whatnot that comes from God, but what really makes me uh, angry is that uh, such and such a person, uh, you know, did me this wrong and, and, and whatnot. How would you... Uh, answer to that objection essentially that uh, these uh, sufferings comes come through the sins of father uh, how, how would oh, that... I would say it's the same the same principle applies that uh, we, we are not the ones that uh, cho choosing the the cross I mean the, the we have to be ready for whatever cross God uh, is willing to send or permit so if it is by a way of Yes, another a person, a difficulty in a community or or family or uh, whatever, or at work, the, uh, the the difficulty or the cross may be there, and then instead of trying to avoid that cross and and to choose an, a, another another cross, I say embrace first that one, and that there is a reason why God is sending you sending you that cross and not the one that you probably prefer. So, uh, and that's the whole essence of the cross. That is supposed to be something that we don't like. Um, so, yes, and then those, I will say that uh, perhaps those um, either persecution or, or some problem with, with another person w w usually are much more difficult uh, to, um, yes, to undergo uh, than, I would say, fasting or things like that like that um, I know because of the our social nature and and the interaction with other people that I mean that uh, usually we, we 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 naturally want peace and 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 when that is disturbed we get really upset so we should be able to suffer those things with uh, with a supernatural view of whatever is, is going on instead of with just the natural um, point of view and, and just reacting as, as anyone else would in the world. So we, we have to remember David in the Old Testament when he was insulted uh, by someone and, and he understood perfectly that the, the insult um, was 
sent by God because of his sins, and he didn't react against the, his neighbor or that person that was insulting him, even though one of his generals wanted to to kill that man because he was the king. And so he said, "No, uh, spare his life." And he's this is by sent sent by God. The, the, the fact that he's insulting me is uh, is a cross. Uh, from God Himself, because I am a sinner. So again, that that we had to have that attitude and remember that we are sinners and we are supposed to suffer. So the um, if we move on to the third degree, is the practice to practice voluntary mortification. It says resignation to the crosses which God sends us is a noteworthy degree of love of the cross, but it presupposes um, a certain passivity on the part of the soul which receives them. More perfect yet is the soul who takes the initiative and, in spite of the repugnance which nature feels, advances in the love of suffering by voluntarily practicing Christian mortification in its various forms. It is not possible to give a universal rule for all souls in this regard. The degree an intensity of voluntary mortification will be determined in each case by the state and condition of the soul which is being sanctified, in the measure that the soul corresponds more and more with his inspiration, the Holy Ghost will be more and more demanding, but at the same time he will increase the strength of the soul so that it can accept and carry out these inspirations. It is the duty of the spiritual director to watch over the soul and ever impose sacrifices which are beyond the strength of the soul. So something to point out is that the, if you are considering uh, some um, mortification which is uh, out of the ordinary, it's prudent always to ask uh, the, your confessor uh, or a spiritual director to see if that is something for you to do and it is okay to do that or if it is not again, uh, he will tell you that he knows the principles and i remember one example one nun that uh, was a very holy person she wait, waited and waited for the spiritual director to come to the there was a, a priest coming to the whole the convent and seeing all the nuns and she always wanted to talk to this priest but when the priest arrived she denied herself in such a way that she didn't even ask to talk to the priest. So she waited until she was basically called, and uh, and and he, she never expressed her desire to speak with the priest. Also, when the, the, this she was waiting for letters from this priest, when the letters arrived, she will not, not open them. So to mortify her own. Um, uh, Desire. So it's very. Those. That's what I meant by using our imagination. Sometimes, the those um, those mortifications that no one else will will notice are the most meritorious and more difficult for us sometimes to to do. Um, so the this couple of more points. The to prefer suffering to pleasure. That's another degree very high degree of perfection of the love of suffering um, there is something still more perfect than the simple practice of voluntary mortification it is to have such a great love of suffering that one would prefer it to pleasure 
However, contrary this may seem to our weak nature, the saints succeeded in reaching these heights. A moment arrives in which they felt an instinctive horror for anything that would satisfy their tastes uh, and comfort. They were uh, not content unless they were completely submerged in suffering. So, again, sometimes, as it says uh, here, that it's difficult for us to understand this kind of degree of suffering that we will prefer uh, suffering to pleasure. But, again, we have to aim at that goal if we are not yet there, at least to aim at that and, and knowing that we should arrive at that kind of, of um, uh, love of suffering such a, uh, in such a way that we prefer it to pleasure. And then for, yes, on that line also, uh, the listeners should remember that the author usually gives like grace or steps and by which one can go, you might say, one step at a time. So uh, starting with the easier ones, you might say, and then advancing little by little because we cannot expect to have the the heroic uh, sanctity of a curia of ours, uh, you know, when we start the spiritual life, but... Yes, as far as you said, aim or have the desire to one day um, attain sanctity. Yes, yeah, but yes, it's true. At the same time, as the author points out, we shouldn't think, okay, this is the same, something that the saints did. And, and yes, it's good to aim at like a goal for the future. I would say we, can, we have to start now uh, in whatever degree we are right now, but we have to start because, uh, as the author says, it is not impossible to reach these heights. So, uh, and um, even though, yes, it is a, a, a almost like heroic to, to, to reach these, these things, but remember the grace of God is there and um, the one that puts the obstacles to grace is, is oneself. So, I would say if we have that kind of attitude of, okay, I will try, I, 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 this is um, something that I have to try and I, I, will, I, I, would, I want to get there uh, instead of just as a wish, um, that's, I would say that is the fact that it is possible with the grace of God should encourage us instead of discourage us. And this is a very uh, famous quote here that is excellent um, to see again the the attitude that we should arrive at this is saint john of the cross the ascent of mount carmel to endeavor always to incline oneself not to do that which is easier but to that which is more difficult not to that which is tasty but to that which is more bitter not to that which is more pleasing but to that which is less pleasing not to that which gives rest, but to that which demands effort. Not to that which is a consolation, but to that which is a source of sorrow. Not to that which is more, but to that which is less. Not to the lofty and precious, but to the lowly and despicable. Not to that which is to be something, but to that which is to be nothing not to be seeking the best in temporal things, but the worst, and to desire to enter in all nakedness and emptiness and poverty through Christ 
in whatever there is in the world. Again, for someone who is not mortified and even I mean, has not thought of these things, it's like how, how is all of what St. John is saying here seems so much against human nature. How you can say that? But again, the we we have to understand that sin is what brought the necessity of suffering and that our true happiness which is supernatural and which is going to be perfect only in heaven that true happiness cannot be achieved except through the way of the cross so if you understand in in that context what saint john is saying here that will make make more sense um and at the same time, when God sees the attitude of the soul that prefers suffering to pleasure, etc., uh, he never fails to give some kind of consolation which is not even able to be uh, understood by, I would say, the rest of, 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 the, of people. Because the consolation is not going to be a sensible one. It's not going to be uh, an imperfect uh, joy or, or happiness that people can have. It's something very supernatural, something that comes from the Holy Ghost, and all of the saints experienced. And they, they, they basically are witnesses of this and say, uh, even though they, they suffered so much, they were in tears of joy because of this very special, mysterious consolation that God gave, gave them, even in the midst of the, their trials. So it's a very mysterious, I would say, but um, something to, 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 I would say, consider when we are talking about the suffering, that God is not going to forget uh, your, your nature, that you were created for happiness. And he's going to give you, even in this life, a consolation which is not going to be explained or understood. Would you say, Father, that uh, uh, God will in that way reward, you might say, the generosity of the soul? Will it be? In, yes, in of way? course, yes. Uh, because if the soul is so willing to suffer for Christ, again, it almost like attracts God and, and, and in, in such a way that it will fill the soul with a happiness, again, which is not of this world. So... Um, uh, and that's the, the true. That that's how much God loves us. That when we do the minimum, uh, He gives uh, in return uh, things which are not even, as I said, able to be explained or understood. But the saints experienced that. So so we have people that have experienced that, and they are telling us, yes. I mean, I I, I look for suffering, and this is my, the attitude I have, and I prefer suffering to anything else. But it's like God gives me this consolation, which is not of a sensible nature. It's not something that uh, I can explain. But in the midst, I think St. Teresa of Lisieux used to say, in the midst of her sufferings, that she couldn't stop being happy. I mean, she couldn't cease to be happy. So, again, it's like a mystery. And uh, also a mystery, what is the next level, uh, extraordinary level of love of suffering, which is to offer oneself to God as a victim of expiation. So 
the author says it would seem that it is impossible to go further in love of the cross than to prefer sorrow than ple to pleasure. Nevertheless, there is still another more perfect and more exquisite, um, or exquisite degree in the love of suffering. The act of offering oneself as a victim of expiation for the sins of the world. So, again, this is a, a degree which is the highest that uh, when you begin in the spiritual life, this is the author here, you shouldn't uh, do this offering because, again, because you are a beginner and very imperfect, once you receive some heavy cross because of the imperfection of your soul and the disproportion, let's say, you're going to get very discouraged. This is a degree to which you arrive after a while, I would say, um, and is quite extraordinary. It's a grace. So, um, so it will be a terrible presumption, says Roger Marin, for a beginner or an imperfectly purified soul to place itself in this state. So uh, it's like a vocation, a vocation, uh, this victim soul uh, to be called to, a, a vic to the state of victim of expiation. But again, I would say the uh, God has done it many times, calling souls to this degree of perfection. Saint Teresa of Lisieux is the example comes to my mind. She was a, a victim of uh, of expiation, and uh, it's something really, really difficult for the soul. So that's why, because the, the, the sufferings we are talking here are more spiritual than corporal. So sufferings which are really um, I mean, intense in this, of the spiritual order. And um, so that's why I say that you need uh, like a, a special inspiration on the part of God. The, the victim souls, quote, um, see, uh, enumerated by the, the author here, just gives a few, St. Teresa of Lisieux, St. Gemma Galgani, and Sister Elizabeth of the Trinity. Uh, who is a great uh, sister Elizabeth? Was is a great. Uh, it's not canonized, even though Bergoglio did the canonization, but it's not truly canonized. But she was a great, great uh, soul. Uh, so those are examples, and uh, I refer you to the book to con to read the rest about um, the rest of the text about the victim souls. But again. What we said already many times, uh, suffering is necessary. Suffering is what is so excellent because of all of the many reasons we enumerated. And there are degrees of love of, for suffering to the point of this vocation or inspiration to become a victim of expiation, which again, God can call uh, anyone, anytime, to the to this lofty degree. Father, is there uh, with that we uh, covered all the the points of this section? Uh, is there anything you would like to to add? Well, no. Just for now, um, I think we have said enough. The, we the next time we're going to uh, begin with 
active purifications, um, again from the ascetical life, the necessity of purifications. There are some of the purifications are active, which means that we are the ones doing it. Others are passive, which means God, the Holy Ghost, is the one purifying the soul. We are going to go through both of the kinds of purifications. Very important to understand the different principles uh, that apply here um, uh, so that I would say we can um, become saints with the, the, the steps of the giants, as is sacred scripture, instead of just being so slow uh, paced in the way of to perfection. We have to understand that I mean, when the grace of God is involved, we can become saints quite um, quickly. So, far we look forward for that next episode. And we invite our listeners to join us also. Thank you for your time, Father. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Catholic Spirituality. If you have any questions about anything you heard on today's episode, please email questions at truerestoration.org. We want to remind you that Catholic Spirituality is a production of member-supported Restoration Radio. All rights are reserved and any duplication without explicit written permission is forbidden. To obtain permission, please write to copyright at truerestoration.org. All of us here at Member Supported Restoration Radio hope that you found this show to be informative, helpful and beneficial to you and to your faith. In return, please think of offering a Mass, a Rosary or even a simple Ave for our work the next time you pray. For the Restoration, I am Camille O'Brien. May God bless you. This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org.